everybody and welcome welcome into another episode of the chance courtney show i unfortunately am chance courtney and you'll be having to deal with me for the next 30 to 45 minutes potentially an hour it depends on how excited we get about talking about what we're going to talk about today before we get into anything, I just want to say thank you to each and every single one of you who clicked on this link, clicked on this podcast, who watches the show, watches the show, I mean listens to the show. I'm struggling with the whole no video thing still. It's a work in progress for me. But nonetheless, thank you so much for tuning in. It means a lot, and your feedback means a lot. So please be sure to follow me on Instagram at chance.courtney. And please also be sure to follow me on Twitter at ChanceC5. That's Chance, letter C, the number 5. It's really hard to mess up. Other than that, let's get into it. Today we're going to be talking about the Met Gala and everything that happened. There's a bunch of really cool stories uh, about the Met Gala that happened last night. And and I'm kind of going to be explaining what the Met Gala is for the people who don't know. Because I don't know. I didn't know what the Met Gala was until I decided that I wanted to talk about it and actually pay attention to it. Um, Then since it's Tuesday, we're going to do a Tuesday list. Every Tuesday, I'm going to try to do some sort of list. And uh, this Tuesday, it's movie-related. I'm a big movie guy, so uh, I I, want to keep it within the realm of things that would interest you guys as listeners and things that interest me as a host. And also, we got some news um, uh, that happened <laughs> over the weekend uh, with uh, with Conor McGregor and MGK. I'm, I'm going to be giving you guys my take on that. Um, all right, let's get into it. So, what is the Met Gala? Well, for me, I'm, I'm not a very fashion-forward folk. I am very regular. I mean, any day you'll see me wearing, I don't know, jeans and a t-shirt. Right now I'm wearing jeans, a t-shirt, a plain t-shirt at that, $6 at Target, all right? $6 t-shirt, the perfect tee. It's called the perfect tee for a reason. It's because practically perfect. It fits great, great material. I love it. That's enough advertising for Target, though. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just a great t-shirt. And some sort of sneakers. I like to collect sneakers, or I like to think that I do. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just wearing like a regular, regular ass T-shirt, some jeans, and some fucking sneakers. And that's more or less the stuff that I wear every single day. I don't really like to change it up. And even when I'm going out, I'm I mainly wear jeans and sneakers. And maybe I'll put on a little uh little button down you know I don't like to get too fancy or too cute one because I don't really buy clothes for myself I don't really spend money on that kind of thing and two is because the way my body's built it's I, I feel some sort of limitation to what I can wear and what I what I will make look good for that sense uh, however I I totally respect the art that is uh, fashion designing and and I, I appreciate it as itself um so <laughs> anyways the Met Gala it's it's essentially an opening night party and a fundraiser for this uh 
fashion exhibit that they curate every year uh, by the Costume Institute. Um, It's basically just some fashion museum in New York. And it's the only, like, fashion curated department or whatever. It's the only thing that the Met, or at the Met, at the uh, museum in New York, that has to fund itself. So what do they do every year? They invite so many celebrities. They, uh, I don't know, the the Kardashians, um, whichever singer is popular at the time. And the occasional athlete, by the way, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he was there. Pretty nice outfit. Uh, that That's all I can say. I'm not going to be talking about Shea Gilgis Alexander himself. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> he had a really, really nice outfit. By the way, Shea Gilgis Alexander, is a he's a basketball player for, I believe, the Oklahoma... City Thunder. I'm I'm not too sure where he is now. Um, but yeah, he's a basketball player. Um, but, but yes, this this Met Gala thing. It's um, it's just a fashion show, really costume party, if you will, for for very rich celebrities. I mean, we're talking celebrities the likes of you know Kiki Palmer. Um, Taika Waititi, we're going to be talking about him a little bit, uh, Charlie Schaefer, um, really everybody, Jack Harlow was there, Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet is out here from the top up looking like Beethoven, from the bottom down, oh dude, what's that, what's that guy's name? From from the bottom down, he's wearing parachute pants practically, or they look like parachute pants, and then some dirty Converse. Nonetheless, very very handsome man. Top top five uh, handsome men within the ages of eighteen and twenty six. That is in the acting field, I'd say. Um, that that's pretty specific, I know. <laughs> um, Drew, not Drew, Dan Levy, sorry, um, j- just all kinds of celebrities, uh, Julia Garner, um, Cara Delevingne, we'll, we'll be talking about Cara Delevingne, but yeah, just the who's who of celebrities when it comes to fashion. Um, the event is put on by Vogue, the the fashion magazine, and every year there's a theme, you know, some years... Ah oh, shoot, what was it? Some some years, um, I know, I know one year it was uh, rock style, and then it was like uh, uh, like something about time, or uh, like CDG comme des garçons. But uh, yeah, every year there's a different theme. This year's theme was American independence. Um, and there was quite a few statement outfits, so to speak. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Uh, but uh, it's just a fundraising event for the Metropolitan Museum of Art and Costume Benefit. And it's... Uh, I, I assume they make a lot of money because every year they sell tickets to this thing. And tickets are about like... 
I mean, that's like, for some people, that's like a down payment on a house. That's the cost of an entire car. And people are spending $30,000 just to attend a social event. And given, you know, it's a donation to a museum. But it's it's still a lot of money. And I believe I, believe I read something today where tables for the event if you want to like sit down I, I guess they have a meal or something I'm not too sure I, I I don't think I've ever seen a camera inside of the Met Gala um event <laughs> or whatever uh tables cost around uh 150,000 to 300,000 dollars so it's it is coveted as the most exclusive social event in the world um, and I guess rightfully so, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's practically, you know how some car companies build like these ridiculous cars, like uh, Lamborghini will build one of these cars, they only build five in the world, and then they like show it off in a gallery or something, this is what this is like, it's just rich people wearing very, very nice and expensive clothing that no one could possibly get their hands on because it was made for them, if that makes any sense. And there were there were so many stories of the night, but but uh, I, I'd like to talk about some of these people's outfits first. Um, I want to talk about Serena Williams first. I I love Serena Williams, and I love the Serena Williams story, Serena and Venus. She showed up in, it looked like a full body romper and it was like lace, but she had this like scarf or, or something like that, like a overcoat. And it was very like 101 Dalmatians, but it was so long. This thing must've been like 10 feet long. Well, most people had dresses dragging on, on the floor. Um, but I, I don't think this is too far outside of the box in terms of, you know, the the crazy and ridiculous Met Gala outfits that you see in, you know, Paris Fashion Week, you know, how ridiculous or I, I won't say ridiculous how, um, what's the word, uh, just out of the ordinary the outfits get for some of these fashion weeks. Th- this was less so um, in that realm. But it was it was still, uh, you know, a head turner. Um, and then this this might be my favorite outfit of the night, Adrian Brody. Um, he really just showed up in a regular suit, R- regular suit, really shiny Oxfords on, just a regular suit and tie. Very clean man. If you haven't seen The Pianist, watch it. I'm begging you. Fantastic movie. Taika Waititi, the uh, the director for Jojo Rabbit and um, Thor Ragnarok. He was there with, I guess, his new fiance, Rita Ora. Rita Ora is, or she wore, um, a two piece dress. She wore like a like a top, and like like a little like cropped like thing or whatever and then she wore this like really long skirt or whatever it was really shiny that's my point she was wearing like diamonds everywhere like diamonds on her clothes diamonds on her wrist ring 
diamonds around her neck, diamonds on her earrings. I don't know. Couple looks great. They look fantastic together. I think they're engaged. Don't get me. Don't don't quote me on this, but they they could be engaged. Um, because well, well, I read something that said there are. Okay, don't don't sue me. Okay, I'm I'm not married to my word. Um, <laughs> Daiko ITT word. This regular regular ass suit and this really gaudy chain. I don't. I don't know what other words to describe it, but I think my favorite outfit of the night was uh, was probably Cara Delevingne. If you haven't seen this yet, Cara Delevingne showed up in like a like a pleated white pant and a white, um, I guess, I guess you'd say like tactical vest, and on the front it says "Peg the Patriarchy." Peg the Patriarch. That is... I think that might be my next profile picture. <laughs> that is just... That That is just... That might be... I think that's more funny than it is a statement. But, you know, everybody everybody has, has a different take on everything. I'm not knocking people's statements. I'm just saying this is really funny. And... I, I got a good laugh out of seeing this because it's just the imagery you draw from uh, reading that or even hearing it is just wrong and comical, <laughs> I suppose. All right, um, let's get into some of these stories. So an article from The Guardian done by Michael Sun, Rafka Tuman, and Alex Gorman broke down some of the some of the stuff that happened um, over the night, I believe. I believe this event was held on Sunday. Wait, no, it was held on Monday. So the obviously, let's let's break the ice here. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez wore a shirt, or not a shirt. She wore a dress. It looked like a wedding dress from the front, but on the back is big red letters that says "Tax the Rich." Uh, I, no matter how you feel about the, the statement on the dress, I, I believe it's, it it might be, uh, I don't know, it might be like a complicated statement because she's showing up in a dress that says that, but she bought a ticket there for like 30 grand. (laughs) in a table for like a hundred grand. So it's, I don't know. It it might be a little, uh, a little backhandish, but, uh, nonetheless, I think it's funny. You know, people should say more stuff like that publicly. Um, and then see, I don't, I don't understand the, um, I don't understand the appeal with shipping Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lawrence or not Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> My apologies, Jennifer Lopez. Um because they I can only picture her with A-Rod, but I mean it's like I don't know, I feel like every year 
she's doing something different. I feel like one year she's breaking up with A-Rod, and then they're back together, and now the Benefer thing. I, I don't know. But I bring this up because they shared, they kissed with their mask on. I mean, I, great job for keeping your mask on. I love that. But that's kind of weird. That That's really kind of, kind of weird. I don't know. Make of it what you will. Make of all of this what you will. You, you know, the tax the rich, pit, peg the patriarchy, uh, kissing with a mask on. You know, it's everything's up to interpretation. You know, all, all this is art. Uh, AOC's dress, uh, Cara Delevingne's outfit, you know, all of this is up for interpretation. And um, y- you can make of it what you will because that's its intention. Lil Nas X killed it. He he really did. He showed up first in this little overcoat, but like uh, like really Game of Thronesy. Like you could only see his head <laughs> in the overcoat. It it was really uh, it really stood out. Um, but then he took that off, and he's wearing like a metal or plastic like suit of armor kind of looks like cp3o or c3po i i apologize for that and then he took that off and he was wearing like a like a full body onesie um yeah he good for him dude that's i believe lady gaga did lady gaga did that in four pieces in 2019 um <laughs> whatever uh Frank Ocean showed up in, you know, a regular outfit, but he had a green fake baby. He had a fake baby, and it looked like Baby Shrek. It was... Make of it what you will. <laughs> Make of it what you will. Um, and, you know, people people want to talk about the Kardashians. You know, Kim Kardashian showed up and like a all black get up she had like a like a short dress black short dress black heels black like stockings black bodysuit black you know like a face cover whatever um i guess more promoting donda i don't know i i really like that album don't don't shit on it i i like it i like it Donda by Kanye West. If you haven't heard it, listen to a couple songs. It's really artistic, and I, I, I think there's, there's room in everybody's playlist for that. Um, and probably one of the more important things that happened is uh, a, a designer named Oscar de la Renta. Oscar de la Ranta. You correct me if I'm saying that wrong, but Billie Eilish promised she would wear something that he made so long as the his company stopped using animal fur which, which they did <laughs> that is why you you see her in her outfit done by mr uh, oscar de la renta yeah some some really uh great takeaways from last night's event um Again, make of it what you will. Uh, I've I've never been one to pay attention to fashion too much, but 
it's it's really nice to see something different. You know, I'm I I won't talk about who's wearing what in an objective way because I'm not a person that should do that. I'm not fashion forward like I said, but I think uh I think it's important to kind of do different shit <laughs> every so often. Um so yeah, uh I I really enjoyed talking about that. I really enjoyed uh, researching about it, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Okay, guys, it's time to get ready for our Tuesday list. And I mentioned it, it would be something about movies. Well, well it is. You know, I'm I'm a very uh I'm a very um, excited person when it comes to movies. Um, when someone mentions a movie, I'm like, oh, let me pick. Or um, I, I always want to be exposed to new films, and I always want to expose people to new films. So, but a lot of the times... Um, I just kind of want to watch the same thing over and over again. I believe I've seen, um, I believe I've seen Thor Ragnarok, um, 20 times. So this is what this list is going to be about. Uh, Tuesday's list is going to be out, be about the 10 most rewatchable movies. My 10 most rewatchable movies. If you don't agree, that's valid, but these are my 10 most rewatchable movies. So, yeah, you you can tell you what, DM me on Instagram at chance.courtney and tell me your top 10 most rewatchable movies. Starting out with number 10, we got Ready Player One. Look, I know this might not be a really popular movie. And I know a lot of people out there are going to say really it's kind of like a it's kind of like a okay acting job or whatever people are going to knock ready player one however much they can but they can't because it has amazing digital cinematography a really gripping story and it really does a good job of doing one thing in particular and that's giving you fomo and i I feel a certain type of way when a movie does this to me. You know, give me FOMO because I I don't want to be left out of anything. I truly don't. I want to be included and I want to have all the same experiences everybody else has. But with Ready Player One, their entire world is digital. It's virtual reality. All the real money's online. You know, you can gamble, you can meet new people, you can do so many things in that world that you could only do if you had like hundreds of video games or whatever. Um, the concept is really great. The story is original. Um, yeah, it's overall, it's just a really good movie and it has a really good love story. So ready player one, number 10 on my list at number nine, we got the original Spider-Man. No, I'm not talking about animated Spider-Man. I'm not talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm talking about original Spider-Man. The one with Tobey Maguire and MJ. Or, not MJ. Um, shoot. 
yeah, <laughs> it, it shows you how much I um, paid attention to her. But the the one where Uncle Ben died, and you saw it, the one with uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, um, the one with Willem Dafoe as uh, the Green Goblin, this movie is probably on this list because of my childhood. I was a big Spider-Man kid, and this movie is just... I find it very impactful, no matter if you watch it tomorrow or if you watched it 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's still a great movie, and I will I will always re-watch this movie at least once a year. At number eight, we got Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket is not only my favorite Kubrick movie, but it's also my favorite war movie. I feel the way it's presented is very, it's presented in a very similar way, or it's presented in a very pleasing way, and I I really like this, that certain form of um, storytelling, direction, and editing. Uh, It's, I don't know how to describe it, but it really reminds me of, um, Shoot, it it kind of reminds me of Reservoir Dogs in a sense that you you get to know the characters and get you don't really get as attached to them until like like shit pops off. It, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it, just go watch it. I mean, it takes what a minimum of four dollars to see it go see it. It's definitely worth your time. And it's a very quotable movie. At number seven, we got Uncut Gems. I, I believe I've seen Uncut Gems four times this year. Uncut Gems is... It's fantastic. It is, in my opinion, Adam Sandler's best acting performance. And it is one of A24, the studio, who produced it it's one of their best films that they've ever put on it's it's very involved in sports betting and gambling there's a lot of great terminology there but it's also about uh it's about addiction and um sort of sort of watching someone become despisable and despicable so number seven, Uncut Gems. That's that's a closed book. Fantastic movie as well. Um, it's definitely one of my personal favorites. At number six, we got Harry Potter, The Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone. Call it what you will. I'll call it a damn good movie. Uh, I, I personally haven't seen um, too many Harry Potter movies. I believe I've seen maybe three or four of them. I know there's like... Oh, there's like seven or eight. I, I don't know. All I know is that I've seen The Sorcerer's Stone maybe, I don't know, maybe ten times. In elementary school, middle school, this was the Harry Potter movie you turned on. It's very like uh, like kid-ish, um, but it's also like, uh, it's also warming. And uh, it's, it's very... Uh, it's very meaningful. It's a great start to the entire Harry Potter series. But it's 
I, I feel like a lot of the uh, the scenes that they do, you know, the uh, the one on the train, um, Diagon Alley. I believe they go to Diagon Alley in that movie. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the scenes, the Sorting Hat, a lot of the scenes are iconic for young kids, especially, and I think that's why it's been so impression impressionable or impressional. I don't know how to fucking say that word. I think that's why it's been so pivotal to me. So, number six, Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, call it what you will. At number five, we got Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Um, I've seen this movie a shit ton. I quote this movie every day. This movie is fucking <laughs> amazing. You can't not quote this movie. Chip, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Like, man. That that movie was great. I believe that movie was done by, who is it done by? Um, Judd Apatow, I believe Judd Apatow. I, I don't know. Um, but it has great story construction. And one of my favorite scenes is in this movie, the uh, the blessing movie or the blessing scene where it's uh, Ricky, his wife, his two kids, Walker and Texas Ranger, uh, his wife's dad, Chip, and um, his best friend, da uh, Dale, Dale, is it Dale, is it Dale, is it Dale, uh, yeah, sure, um, <laughs> his best friend, and they have this table full. I mean, we're talking about like a, a last supper table full of just Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, you know, all the, all the, you know, greasy fast foods that's ready. And like, I don't know, it's at your door in like 20 minutes. Um, and that's probably why I stick to that movie because of that scene. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm fat. I'm a pig. <laughs> so yeah, Talladega Nights, number five. Very rewatchable and probably my favorite comedy. Number four, The Social Network. Um, David Fincher movie. Uh, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg plays uh, Zuck, the Zuck. Um, and J Justin Timberlake's in this movie. And he plays the founder of Napster. And Andrew Garfield, I believe, gives his best performance. Um, I really, I really like the cinematography, though it was very dull color tones. It was very thought provoking and intriguing. And if you don't know what cinematography means, it means basically the, uh, the construction of shots and how they are taken. Um, I, I thought that was probably one of my favorite, favorite parts of that movie, but I do like the story construction as well. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not going to spend any more time on the social network. Just, yeah, go watch it. Number four, social network. Number three, okay, don't don't hate me for saying this, but number three, Pulp Fiction. Look, every time I watch Pulp Fiction, I like it more. Okay, it's, it's, I won't call it the perfect movie, but it's, it might be the perfect crime movie movie there's so many elements and so many different characters to that movie and so many minute details that are extremely important 
um, I remember reading something where uh, um, apparently souls, the souls of human beings used to get sucked out of their heads. So that's why Marcellus Wallace in the movie had a big bandage on the back of his head. And I, I read this one theory that what's in the briefcase that uh, Vincent Vega and Jules are after is Marcellus Wallace's soul. That's why the uh, the little code to unlock it is 666. Um, so yeah, there, there's just so many details in that movie. I feel like the most overrated scenes in that movie is the, are the scenes with Mia and um, Vincent. I, I think they're good. I just don't think they're the best in that scene. I think the best scenes are probably the interrogation scenes with uh, Bruce or not torture scenes. Let's call it what it is. Let's call it torture. The ones with uh, Bruce Willis and Marcellus Wallace. Bruce Willis is the actor. Marcellus Wallace is a character. Um, and the uh, the opening uh, interrogation scene that Jules does on uh, that one guy. I, his name escapes me. But uh, again, you know, this movie, it's very quotable. And a lot of, a lot of uh, modern sounds that are used in like social media or in, in like YouTube videos come from Tarantino movies. You know, you think of Kill Bill, you know, the... You know, that, that whole ordeal. Um, so yeah, Pulp Fiction, very iconic, um, very rewatchable. Uh, Pulp Fiction number three. Number two, I feel like we've all seen this movie a million times. It's Forrest Gump. Every time I watch Forrest Gump, I it's the same, but I love it. It's like uh, it's like getting your favorite ice cream over and over again. Forrest Gump is not my favorite movie, <laughs> but but it's a great it's a great movie to reference certain things from. I remember I had a buddy named Kai Sean, and he was uh, seeing this girl, and she was uh, she told him uh, she's in a hoe phase, and he was like, "What about your hoe phase?" She's like, "Oh, well, uh, I just I just don't want to be in a relationship right now, but maybe later." And she's like, "Fuck no, bitch!" Or he was like, "Fuck no, bitch! I'm not Forrest Gump. Fuck, I look like." And they broke up that day. Um, <laughs> Uh, misfortunate for unfortunate for him should I say um but you know very referenceable movie uh, nonetheless and I think we all share a disdain for um Jenny but we all love Bubba and I know we all love Forrest so number two Forrest Gump you gotta love it and number one I <laughs> I don't know if someone would expect me to say this, but but I'm gonna because I've been watching this movie since it was available on demand so many times, and I just watched it not too long ago, about about a week or two ago. It's The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, how rewatchable is this movie? There's so many, like Forrest Gump, it's the same, but there's so many details that you come back to that you come back and catch that you didn't understand prior to watching it 
fantastic. It's it's different. The viewing experience feels different every single time. Now, towards the end, it does get a little bit, uh, you know, like a, a a bit too much of a train wreck. But throughout the whole movie, it's a train wreck. Um, and, and that's what I like. I like suspense. I like... I like film that shows something real. And something real would be Jordan Belfort's life. This dude's life was a fucking train wreck before he went to prison. And for that, I got to give Wolf of Wall Street the top spot. So just to recap, we got number 10, Ready Player One. Number nine, original Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. Number eight, Full Metal Jacket. Number seven, you have Uncut Gems. Number six, Harry Potter, The Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone. Number five, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Number four, The Social Network. Number three, Pulp Fiction. Number two, Forrest Gump. And number one, The Wolf of Wall Street. Some honorable mentions because, you know, it's ten movies. I couldn't list all the movies that I like watching. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Memento and Interstellar. I... I love Interstellar. Interstellar is probably one of my favorite movies, but I it's just really hard to watch over and over again. But anytime I get to talk about Interstellar, I will. <laughs> uh, the Big Lebowski, um, just because I haven't seen it too much, but I I'd like to rewatch it a, a bunch. Um, all of the Lord of the Rings movies because there's there's very few action and adventure movies that excite more than those movies. Um, the MCU movies, I don't think I should include any of them <laughs> on this list. Uh, even though Spider-Man, right now he's in the MCU, but this movie isn't an MCU movie. Um, it just, to me, it feels like a perfect superhero movie. Inglorious Bastards, because uh, e- even though this is my list and I don't really <laughs> care if somebody agrees with me or disagrees with me, um... I I think Inglorious Bastards is very rewatchable, and it it's my personally favorite movie, um, but I just don't think it belonged in the same category as like Forrest Gump and The Social Network, and lastly, uh, Fight Club. Sorry for saying it, but I you know I I couldn't talk about it. All right, that that was a really stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, so, speaking of stupid things to say, uh. Conor McGregor and Machine Gun Kelly, they got into a, a, a little spat after that. He he, he said, uh, I, I don't fight little van- vanilla ice white rapper boys or whatever. Just to break it down for anybody who hasn't been paying attention to the internet the past weekend, Conor McGregor uh, was presenting a couple of awards. He presented uh, Best New Artist at the uh, Video Music Awards, the MTV um, thing that happens every year that none of us watch anymore. Um, and on the red carpet, uh, he was he, he was doing his little entrance or whatever, and he saw Machine Gun Kelly. If some of some of you might not know who Machine Gun Kelly is, um, but he is currently dating Megan Fox. You know, you know Megan Fox from Transformers. Megan Fox the the model, um, everybody knows Megan Fox. So it's, it's very unclear why this happened. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly didn't, didn't give him an answer. 
Um, some people want to say that Conor McGregor was DMing Megan Fox. Uh, some people are stupid. <laughs> but uh, he he threw his drink at Machine Gun Kelly and swung at him. And then he said nothing happened. Only rumors. Like, what? What does that even mean? Nothing nothing happened, only rumors. You literally threw your drink at him and swung at him. You know, that, that that's more than just a rumor, I'd say so. But anywho, um, he said in an interview, uh, I only fight real fighters. I certainly don't fight little vanilla ice white rappers. I don't know anything about him, except that he's with Megan Fox. I think that is the perfect way to describe the situation right now if if you don't know who machine gun kelly is he's an artist he used to be a rapper he switched genres and now he makes like a pop punk um and he 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 makes he makes fairly good music but he i wish there would be some sort of variation in his voice um but I'm I'm not a singer, you know. I'm I'm just some dude with a microphone. And uh sometimes I say stupid shit, sometimes I say shit that isn't too stupid. I don't know, it's it's really um how how you personally see it. Man, I we're we're towards the end of our show here. I I really I really hope you made it to the end and I really hope all of you guys had a good day. And if today wasn't a good day, then tomorrow will be. And uh, every day you just got to keep trying to make uh, the past day better. And every day you should be trying to get at least 1% better than you were yesterday. Otherwise, uh, your your day is wasted, so to speak. Um, and, I, and I would just urge everybody to make the most of it. Uh, make make the most of your day and make the most of the sunshine and all the amazing moments and all, all the moments that you're happy throughout the day because you won't always get moments that you're happy sometimes you'll get moments that you're sad but when those moments do happen don't take them for granted and make the most of them thank you guys so much for watching or <laughs> i messed up again thank you guys so much for listening today I really hope all of you guys had a good Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever you are getting around to listening to this in 2022, 2024, whenever. Thank you so much, and I hope all of you guys take care. Goodbye.